0: Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates, and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports, with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. You're in our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above, as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John LaCombe, And I'm Eric Gaspo. We continue our Big Ten previews with a look at Ohio State, uh, one of the teams Northwestern does not play in the Big Ten, and... Thank goodness for that. Um, Ohio State coming off a 12-2 and season last year, winning the Big Ten last year, and getting snubbed by the playoff committee uh, to... Giant air quotes. <laughs> you're
1: right. <laughs> um, Sorry. No, that, that, that's totally fine. I think, you know... <laughs> What they benefited from in twenty four in twenty fourteen. Well actually what they benefited from in um twenty fourteen and twenty sixteen hurt them in twenty seventeen. So like
2: yeah. I Yeah. Th- I, no sympathy. No, we're, we're eyeball we're, eyeball test. Eyeball <laughs> test.
0: We're not playing any violins for the Buckeyes here, uh, shall we say, as far as the playoff is concerned. Um nevertheless, coming off a really, really solid season. Um you know, coming back this year. You know, they're, you know, they're plugging in all the holes of everyone who got drafted with more five-star uh, recruits, John, defensively.
2: I mean, they're, they're still pretty fantastic, right? Sure. I mean, Ohio State was a little squirrely on defense last year. We predicted that they were going to be the best defense in the conference going into last season. We didn't know, of course, that Wisconsin was going to do, I mean, Jesus, whatever they did uh, for what even for them was a ridiculous defense. But with that said, the Buckeyes were definitely the second best defense in the conference for 12 of a possible 14 games. Things went exactly as they should have gone for Ohio State, except when they were torched by Oklahoma and Gulp, Iowa. Uh, <laughs> uh, One small caveat here, um, which I'm sure Scuzz can dwell on more in a second, is uh, the Buckeyes made it clear last year that they were planning on playing track meet football. Uh, They banked on scoring a ton of points, and they did. When they didn't, or when they turned it over four times at Iowa, they lost. This is all to say that most of the time, if you played Ohio State, it was very hard to score nearly enough points to keep up uh, with the OSU offense. Ohio State was top four or top three in every major defensive category in the Big Ten last year. This was a very good defense. Um, As Sam alluded, the Urban Meyer recruiting machine is really humming now at Ohio State, Um, and that's probably underselling it. Two years ago... The Buckeyes showed that they're relatively turnover immune when they restocked pretty much the whole defense and were immediately dominant. They reload, and these days, that reloading is often done with five-star talent. Last year, for example, the linebacker core had to replace Raquan McMillan. No problem. This year, the Buckeyes have to replace Chris Worley and Jerome Baker. However, they still expect to have Tuff Borland returning from an Achilles injury in time for the season, and ready to step in is sophomore Baron Browning, a five-star, number one rated linebacker in the nation in 2017, who is now a redshirt freshman. In the secondary, it's even more ridiculous. Technically, the Buckeyes have to fill an open cornerback spot as well as an open safety spot. It's not important. Let this sink in. The Buckeyes may have as many as four five-star cornerbacks who are not starting. Just ridiculous. Uh, Unbelievable. Kendall Sheffield, last year's number two cornerback opposite Denzel Ward, who's going to be the number one cornerback this year, Kendall Sheffield, sadly, was only the number five cornerback in his class coming out of high school. Sad. So sad. (laughs) Um, At safety, Ohio State is going to rotate in several players who rivals rated as top three athletes in the nation coming out of high school. And they also return their second leading tackler in Jordan Fuller. And we haven't even gotten to the show pony of the 2018 defense, which of course is the defensive line. This is where the household name is. Defensive end Nick Bosa. Future top three NFL draft pick, um, almost certainly. He had 16 tackles for loss and eight and a half sacks last year, despite being double teamed pretty much every down. Um... Opposite Bosa this year will be sophomore Chase Young, the number eight overall player in the nation coming out of high school in 2017, who had six tackles for loss and three and a half sacks last year despite not starting. Um, at defensive tackle, Ohio State is expected to rotate in as many as six different players. Five of those players were four-star recruits, um... It's an embarrassment of riches on this defense. Um, This defense is going to be awesome, and it's going to tower over almost the entire conference. The question is whether or not the Buckeyes can step up against the tough competitors, um, especially if the offense falters at all this year. On the other hand, in the post-JT Barrett era, and as always, I'm going to pivot to scuzz with a lot of curiosity here, um the Buckeyes may be a slightly different animal. And I don't know if they're looking to control the ball a little bit more, um, that could boost the defense's statistics in terms of ranking and yards given up and could produce statistics a little more in line with what on paper, and we'll probably be saying this perennially now on paper is the best defense in the conference. So turning
0: to the offense, I mean, John did make a great point. They put up, ungodly numbers of points last year. Um, Any reason to think that's going to change?
1: Not really, but, um, I mean, you do have to, like, there's, look, everybody's back except for the quarterback, and they may have to remind the quarterback. Well, listen, Saracen, quarterback's a captain, and uh, I don't know. The Buckeyes might have to remind Dwayne Haskins or maybe Tate Martell that that's the case because for the first time in four years, JT Barrett is not starting and everybody else pretty much is back. And so this offense is probably going to be pretty damn good, but Barrett I thought was always undervalued in college. Um, at least after his freshman year, what's interesting is that last year in his senior effort, he regained the stat line that he posted as a freshman. Most notably. Um, I mean, of course, Completion percentage was better, TDs were better, picks were lower, etc. Uh, he also boosted his yards per attempt from 6.6 back up above 8. He had been in the mid-sixes, uh, those two, his, his sophomore and junior season, when he took so much flack. And uh, finally getting it back up above 8, he was starting to throw downfield a little bit better. Um, they were getting those, those big explosion plays, etc., he had three games that really stood out as terrible. John, you already cited Oklahoma, where he just he was totally unable to attack downfield. Uh, Iowa, where he threw four picks and just really melted down. I think at least two of those were pick sixes. And then in the in, against Wisconsin, the Big Ten title game, where both problems manifested. He threw a couple bad picks. He 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 didn't look super sharp. A lot of that is credit to the Wisconsin D, but um, Ohio State was able, able to persevere. Overall, though. It was a brilliant season for Barrett, and one that I thought finally answered his critics from the previous two years, and especially true once uh, Ohio State thumped USC in the Cotton Bowl, and Barrett looked really good in that game. Uh, For the last three years, I've had the same perspective on Ohio State's offense, and that is that QB is not the problem. Uh, They have never found a way to replicate the success of 2014 when they won the national championship, particularly with a true downfield threat at the wide receiver position. Now losing Tom Herman as their offensive coordinator was certainly a factor, but I think you know when you look at Meyer's system, it is all about speed, and I think he sacrifices size for speed in his wideouts. Devin Smith, who they had in that 2014 year as a senior, was a unique talent uh, who played like he was six four, but he was really like six foot or six one. Last year. Uh, with a hyper-efficient senior QB and an unreal offensive line, the Buckeyes were able to get pretty close to the numbers they posted in 2014 and the year before in 2013. But with the questions of QBs, I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain that this season. So as I mentioned, the skill players are all the same, and they are obscenely talented, just like John documented on defense. It's it's just an embarrassment of, rich, of riches. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was a revelation at, at Running back last year is a true freshman. By the way, presumed starter last season, Mike Weber is still around and on the team as well. So they're loaded at running back. The entire wide receiver core is back. Uh, Paris Campbell and KJ Kill are leading the way. Uh, KJ KJ Hill uh, are leading the way, uh, but they're really both possession type receivers. I talked last year about Benjamin Victor. Uh, there's another guy named Jalen Harris. These are the only guys in the three deep that are listed over 6'3". Uh, Victor caught seven TDs last year. Uh, there's another guy, Johnny Dixon, who showed up with kind of the most long range threat within the receivers last year. Eight TDs, and he had uh, 20 plus yards per per catch. But he's a smaller dude, under six feet. I just, I, I just not, I'm not sure that they figured that out. And breaking in a new QB, the tendency, like you mentioned, Sam, is gonna be to, to hit more of the underneath routes, hit the stuff that that uh, Haskins or Martell are going to be comfortable with. You're going to see, you're going to see them taking that great big clap uh, before the snap to get the ball. And then a lot of, you know, play action slants and hooks and short stuff. I I just, Meyer does not like to take chances that way. And he's got enough speed and talent across the field that he doesn't need to hit the 50 yard bomb to beat you. Um, But in those big games against big damn defenses, They're going to have to figure that out if they want to go to the national championship uh, or or if they want to go to the playoff. The other question I have this year is offensive line. So for the second straight year, they're replacing a center who was drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, This time it's Billy Price who went 21st overall. Uh, the The left tackle is also a rising sophomore, but he played 10 games last year. So this generally hasn't been a problem for Ohio State in the past. But I would say look out. They play Tennessee. uh, They play TCU in week three. And if the line hasn't gelled, I think whoever's at QB is going to be running for his life against uh, Gary Patterson's D. And so that brings us back to the quarterback. I mentioned, you know, that slow clap. Like we can envision all the guys that have played quarterback for, for Meyer, right? At Ohio state Barrett, Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller, when Kenny Guyton was in there as a backup. Even if you go back to Terrell Pryor, dual threat, Tall QBs, not you know, with the traditional you know arm that looks great. Cardell Jones was probably the most pro style body, but of course he was the the number three QB. Nobody expected him really to, to ever play. I think Dwayne Haskins, who is the presumed starter, looks very similar to uh, Braxton Miller. He's much bigger than either Pryor or Barrett, but he's not Cardell sized. Uh, he obviously looked really good in limited time last year especially in relief of Barrett during the Michigan game. But I just like early on, they're going to go with a ground heavy attack and teams that are good enough might be able to figure out a way to take advantage of that and, and give Ohio state a stumble maybe early on in the season The the way the defense shapes up, it's, it's hard to imagine them losing a game, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> Um but I don't think that this offense is going to put up better numbers than last year. I, I think they're going to drop, drop off a little bit just because of the growing pains with QB and O-line. Whether or not it costs them the Eastern Division title uh, to Michigan, in my opinion, is the big question.
0: So yeah, their they're schedule this year, um, open up the season at home against Oregon State. Then they get Rutgers. They go down to uh, play TCU in Arlington, uh, which is interesting because... You know, TCU is it's right there, so it's going to be clearly a very heavy TCU crowd. But, you know, playing in Jerry World, I would imagine there's going to be a fair amount of uh, Buckeye faithful making their way down to Dallas. Uh, they're home for Tulane at Penn State, home for Indiana, home for Minnesota, at Purdue. They get their bye week, uh, then home for Nebraska at Michigan State, at Maryland, and then uh, the game against Michigan at
1: home. The road schedule's tough, so I mean that TCU game is. I mean, yeah, it, so it's a it's right. a road game. The, so, so the Buckeyes will, will show up fan wise, but it's a road game. It's big. thing. Um, Maryland big. is like whatever, but at Penn State at Michigan State, those are those are tough. At Purdue, Purdue even when they were horrific under like in the in the Daryl Hazel years, they still gave Ohio State a game every single season. So, that's for whatever reason, that's just a matchup that. Um, seems to be a tight game always. I mean, they almost knocked off the Buckeyes during uh, during the national championship year, I believe. It's, this
2: one's, uh, the big thing about the TCU game, TCU's turning over 10 starters on offense. So that's a huge asterisk on that one. They're bringing back a pretty good defense, but you're talking about 10 new starters on an offense going up against this Ohio State defense. Like, that's, this Ohio state defense is, is going to be absolutely stacked. So, um, you know, it's, it's not Baker Mayfield on the other side of the ball. Um, obviously, I mean, TCU was a great football team overall last year. They had what? one eleven 11 games lost three and two of those were to Oklahoma. So, um, Ken- Kenny Trill is gone too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Ben gone. So they, uh, so that's the thing. So they're playing a depleted team. Yeah, just like you guys said. I mean, it's at Penn State and at Michigan State. I think they've got Michigan at home, um, but the and they've it, got I
1: mean, Michigan at home. But I like no. That, I mean, that game is going to be for the conference.
2: It, you're right. Unless, I mean, unless Penn State surprises, it might be it might be tight. Yeah. So um, so yeah. I mean, I their for me their hard floor is nine uh, because I think they've got TCU, but. Those pens. I mean, I think they're the better team in every game on this schedule. Like their ceiling's twelve wins for sure, um, but they, uh, you know, if they don't get what they are expecting out of the quarterback position, their their floor is nine. Like it could be anywhere between nine and twelve. I mean, they they get in their cross
0: division uh, games just cupcakey. Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue. I mean, that that's except for Illinois. That's the bottom of the of the west
1: oh oh, yeah just comparing to michigan they get nebraska northwestern
2: wisconsin yeah when they when they that game against nebraska at home in the horseshoe is going to be like that's like put you you'll want to put in a tape of 94 nebraska and play that and then also play the tape of this Nebraska team against Ohio State, and try to tell yourself that it's the same football program that produced both of those <laughs> both of those results. Um, the so I, I mean, but so and, and again, I can't stress enough. Like this Ohio State defense was an unbelievable unit that played two crap games, and one of those was Baker Mayfield. So like they may like they it it's possible. They're the best defense in the conference. I wouldn't. I would probably bet against it. But it's possible the defense is that good. So like, if you factor that into the equation and and they get something out of their quarterback, I mean, they could certainly win twelve games.
1: Well, I I maybe I mean Haskins was a mega recruit. So is Tate Martell. Like, I just I don't think the QB is going to be a problem. I just gonna I just think that there's going to be some you're not going to get what JT Barrett was last year. You might get what he was 2 years ago or 3 years ago, which oh by the way, they they only lost one game
2: each of those seasons right. too. It's just like the expectations are so ridiculously high at Ohio State. Like you've like I could be like 10 wins, 11 wins, fine. But you know the expectation with this schedule is a perfect run. I'm I'm going to say 11. I th- I think
1: oh, maybe I'm going to say 10. Maybe they lose to both Michigan schools.
0: Certain, certainly possible. I, I mean, you know, you talk about the, the succession of quarterbacks. It's not like they really dropped off going from Braxton Miller to J.T. Barrett.
2: So, I mean, it. The, they, yeah, they they play. They got, I mean, they got better. Like exactly, they're going to play four excellent defenses this year: TCU, Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. They're all, those are four great to awesome defenses, um, and they're going to have to run the table. Well, that'll just
0: about wrap it up for our... our bleh. Well, that'll just about wrap it up for our, our Ohio State preview. Uh, head to our website, com where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter, at Westlaw Pirates. You can call our voicemail line, 847-231-2287. That's 847-231-CATS. And email the show, westlapirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern Athletics. Look for us in the west lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. John Lacombe and Eric Scousblind, Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.